the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. This is Victory Lane with Reverend Lawrence Gray Sr., Associate Minister of Grace Bible Fellowship, Antioch, California, where Kirkland A. Smith is the senior pastor. Now, Victory Lane. I am your host, Reverend Lawrence Gray. Welcome to Victory Lane. We are continuing our study in the book of Acts of the Apostles. We are now on chapter 16. We just <clears throat> closed the chapter 15 where Paul and Barnabas have departed company and they were, had a disagreement because John Mark, who was Barnabas' nephew, wanted to take John Mark with them and Paul was against it. So John Mark and Barnabas have parted ways with Paul and Paul took Silas and they are on their missionary journey continuing preaching the gospel of Jesus Christ. So let us pick up our reading in Acts the 16th chapter starting at verse 1. And I want you to know that you can always go to YouTube type in Reverend Lawrence Gray and you can see all the teachings and all the sermons at any given time at your leisure. Okay, let us pray. Father God in heaven, we come to you thanking you for your grace, goodness, and mercy. God, we pray right now in the name of Jesus that your word go forth, Lord, to teach us, to make us better equipped men and women of God. And if there's someone who don't know you in the pardon of their sins, may they cry out, what must I do to be saved? Hide me behind the cross and have your way. Loose my tongue, illuminate my mind. In Jesus' name we pray and for his sake, amen. So let's take a look at our teaching today in Acts, the 16th chapter. We're going to look at verse 1 through 3. <clears throat> then he came to Derby and Lystra, and behold, a certain disciple was there named Timothy, the son of a certain Jewish woman who believed, but his father was Greek. He was well spoken of by the brethren who were at Lystra and Iconium. Paul wanted to have him to go on with him, and he took him and circumcised him because of the Jews who were in that region, for they all knew that his father was Greek. So Paul takes Timothy, it's going to be his young disciple or his young uh, protege, and he's going to train him. And Timothy is uh, interracial, he's Jew, and he's Greek, so Paul wants no conflict of interest when he has Timothy with him with the Jews, right? So he advises Timothy or tells Timothy that he should be circumcised as the custom of the Jews. Now, circumcision, we know in our last chapter, was not necessary for the Greeks for or the Gentiles to be born again and to receive Christ. However, in this case, since Timothy was part Jewish, we want, I'm, I'm sure Paul didn't want any conflict of interest, okay? Now, as he's teaching the gospel. So they had him circumcised. And what we want to do when Paul went to Derby, it's 60 miles to Lystra. 
Iconium is 90 miles from Antioch. And what they're doing, they're delivering the decree of, of what the elders and the apostles and the disciples agreed upon for the, for the uh, uh, Gentiles to receive Jesus Christ, that it was not necessary for them to be circumcised. And the decree is the agreement and the decision that was made by the elders. As we continue our reading in verse 4, we'll see. And as they went through the cities, they delivered to them the decrees to keep. The decrees are the agreements gathered uh, that came together with the elders, which were determined by the apostles and the elders at Jerusalem. So the churches were strengthened in the faith and increased in number. By delivering the decrees and letting know the people know that they did not have to be circumcised to be a follower of Christ, to be born again, to be saved, okay? That it was not necessary to follow the customs of the law of Moses to be saved. And since they made that declaration, many people were saved, okay? Verse 6. Now when they had gone through Phygeria, in the region of Galatia, they were forbidden by the Holy Spirit to preach the word in Asia. Okay? Sometimes God speaks to us and tells us no, to go the other way or to do something that's contrary to what we want to do. Make sure when that happens that we listen to the voice of God, which is by the power of the Holy Spirit within you. Now, if you are a Christian and you were born again and you have been born again and you are saved, then when you became saved, the Holy Spirit took up residence in you, which is God himself, his spirit in you. Now the spirit of God in you will teach you, lead you, and guide you in the right way. And sometimes the Holy Spirit tells us no or to go the other way and to do something that is contrary to what we think, what we should do. That's God. That's God. For the Bible says, greater is he who is in me than he who is in the world. In other words, the Holy Spirit in me is greater than he who is in the world. And who is that? Satan. Greater is God in me than Satan who is in the world. Now, so they, they, they were forbidden by the Holy Spirit to preach the word in Asia. Why did God tell them not to preach in Asia? I don't know. The Bible doesn't say. But he says they were forbidden to preach in Asia. So we must be obedient to the voice of God. Ver, verse 7. After they had come to Messiah, they tried to go into Bithynia. But the Spirit did not permit them. Once again, the Holy Spirit is speaking and saying, don't go. Sometimes God will speak to you by the power of the Holy Spirit telling you, don't go. Don't do it. Or no. We must be mindful of the voice of God and do as the Holy Spirit leads. Okay? Verse 8. So passing by Messiah, they came down to Troas. And a vision appeared to Paul in the night. A man of Macedonia stood and pleaded with him, saying, Come over to Macedonia and help us. 
So Paul is in this dreamlike state. You know, a, a, a vision is different from a dream. A dream is when you go to sleep, but a vision is something you could be you could be awake, but in a in somewhat of a trance. And a vision came to Paul, and a man stood up and said, "Come over to Macedonia and help us." So once again, the Holy Spirit speaks. Okay, in this vision. With this man telling Paul to come over. Now, what happens? In the 10th verse. Now, after he had seen the vision, Paul, immediately we sought to go to Macedonia, concluding that the Lord had called us to preach the gospel to them. So, after Paul seen the vision, immediately we, understand it's a we, it's plural. We, meaning Paul and Silas, and the writer, who is Luke. Luke is the one writing the chapter of the book of Acts. So we decided to go to Macedonia, concluding, we came to the conclusion that it was God who had called us to preach the gospel to them. So they're obeying the voice of God. They're not going to Asia. They're not going to Bithynia. But they are going to where God tells them to go. You must obey the voice of God and go where he tells you to go or do what he wants you to do and do not do what you want to do. Although sometimes what you want to do, as I said before, seems good to you. It seems right to you. And guess what? It may not be nothing actually wrong with doing what you want to do, but listening to the voice of God, we must, we must be guided by his voice, by the power of the Holy Spirit. Okay? So they go to Macedonia, and they're going to preach the gospel. Let's look at verse 11. Okay. Therefore, sailing from Troas, we ran a straight course to Samothrace, and the next day, came to Neapolis. So they went from Troas, they're sailing on the sea, ran a straight course to Samothrace, and the next day they came to Neapolis. So 32 miles from Troas is Samothrace, okay? And they come to Neapolis, which is a day's journey, which is about 10 miles to Philippi. And from there they went to Philippi, which is in the foremost city of that part of the Macedonia colony. Okay? So they, they did a lot of traveling. Paul does a lot of traveling on his missionary journey, spreading the gospel of Jesus Christ. And what is the gospel? The gospel is the good news. And what is the good news? That Jesus Christ is Lord. That he is the Savior of the world. That he came to die for the sins of the world that he hung and bled on Calvary's cross and shed his precious blood for the sins of the world, forgiving us for our sins. He took upon himself our sin debt and paid it with his blood at Calvary. Not only that, when he was on the cross and they pierced him in his side while the blood came streaming down, they put nails in his hands, nails in his feet, a crown of thorns on his head, and not one word did he say as the blood came streaming down. As a matter of fact, 
The only thing he did say in regards to his crucifixion was, Father, forgive them, for they know not what they do. So Paul is spreading the gospel that Jesus Christ died on the cross, and when he died on the cross, they took him down from the cross, laid him in a borrowed tomb, okay? Laid him in a borrowed tomb. He didn't even have nowhere to rest his body. No one would, would, would take him, but, but uh, uh, Alexandria took him to a, a borrowed tomb. And they laid him in a borrowed tomb. But here, check this out. He stayed there Friday, stayed there Saturday, stayed there Sunday. And early Sunday morning, he got up. He rose from the dead. That's the good news. He rose from the dead and he says, where I am, there ye may be also. Because he says, when he told his disciples, I go to prepare a place for you, that where I am, there ye may be also. In other words, he has prepared a place for his disciples. And if you're born again Christian, you are his disciple, right? And he, and he, and he said, I prepare this place for you, that where I am, there ye may be also. And I will come again and receive you unto myself. When is he coming? When he comes again, when we finish this life as pilgrims traveling uh, over this earth, and when we pass away, we will be in the presence of the Lord. That where I am there ye may be also. In heaven. Where is he? In heaven. And he rose from the dead. And this is what Paul is preaching. Okay? Him and Silas. Verse 12, and there, and from there to Philippi, which is the foremost city of the part of the Macedonian colony. And we were staying in that city for some days. And on the Sabbath day, we went out of the city to the riverside where prayer was customarily made. And we sat down and spoke to the women who met there. So, on the Sabbath day, they went down by the riverside. Down at the riverside, people gather and they're praying and worshiping God. And we sat down, Luke, Paul, and Silas, and we spoke to the women who were meeting there. Now, verse 14. A certain woman named Lydia heard us. She was a seller of purple from the city of Thyatira. Or Thyatira, Thyatira. She was a seller of purple from the city of Thyatira. Now, you have to understand, purple was a real big deal. Purple was the color of royalty. Purple was the color that nobles and, and kings and, and princesses wore. And emperors, it was it was because of its dye that it was so expensive, and only the elite wore purple. And Lydia was a seller of purple, so Lydia was probably pretty well off. Okay. Now, the Lord, check this out. Who worshipped God? Lydia worshipped God. Okay. The Lord opened her heart to heed the things spoken by Paul. The Lord opened her heart. Check this out. Jesus says, 
the day that you hear my voice, harden not your heart. God speaks to us by his spirit. And the spirit speaks to us and says, I want you to be a part of my family. Jesus says, the day you hear my voice, harden not your heart. In other words, when you hear the voice of God speaking to you, sinner, harden not your heart. Come to Jesus just as you are. Harden not your heart. Now, Jesus also says to the sinner, if you have not been born again, if you have not been baptized, if you not have given your life to Christ, if you have not been saved, then you are a sinner. We all are sinners saved by grace, those of us who are Christians. Now, Jesus all says, behold, I stand at the door and knock. If any man will let me in, I will come in and sup with him and he with me. In other words, I will come into your life. I will come into your heart. I will lead you. I will guide you. You will be my child and I will, I will be your friend. We will dine together, meaning I will be, I'll be a part of your life. We will eat together. We will drink together because that's what we do. How are you going to do that with me, Jesus? By the power of the Holy Spirit. I will come in and sup with him, he with me, and he with you. Now, Lydia has heard what Paul is saying. And she opened her heart. You got, if you're a sinner, if you're a sinner, open your heart. Open your heart. See, some, some, some folks who are sinners have heard the word of God but refuse to open your heart. Open your heart. It's simple. It's plain. Your life will be much better. Not that you won't have conflicts. Not that you will not have trials. Not that you will have tribulations. Not that you will have tears. But you got Jesus to help you go through by the power of the Holy Spirit within you. Open your heart. Now, this is what happened to, to, to uh, Lydia. In verse 15, she said, And when... She and her house were baptized. She begged us saying, if you have judged me to be faithful to the Lord, come to my house and stay. So she got baptized and, and, and said, come on, you can stay at my house. You can eat, you can drink, you can rest and stay at my house. And she persuaded us and so we did. Verse 16. Now it happened as we went to pray, they're going to pray to the synagogue, that a certain slave girl possessed with a spirit of divination met us who brought her masters much profit by fortune telling. Fortune telling. Divination, the practice of seeking knowledge of the future, a fortune teller, or the unknown of the laws, a supernatural force beyond scientific understanding. A fortune teller, such as it's the nature of witchcraft, black magic, horoscope, horoscope, psychics, palm readers, Ouija boards, tarot cards, voodoo, hoodoo, soothsaying, fortune telling, prophets and prophetess who practice black magic, better known as witchcraft. There is power in these people. 
okay? I, I, I hate to hear people say, Satan ain't got no power. Satan got a lot of power. You just had to be under the umbrella of God. Because the Bible said, uh, 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 submit thyself unto God, resist the devil, and he will flee. That means Satan got power. Don't you think he don't? Look at all these people who are possessed and doing bad things. That's the spirit of Satan within. Now, it also saying that these people who have the power are practicing witchcraft, which is a form of sorcery, black magic, which is a part of Satan. I don't care how you look at it. What color you it doesn't matter. Witchcraft is part of the devil. Fortune telling, psychic greeting, tarot cards, Ouija boards, palm reading, all that. Hey, where did that power come from? It ain't coming from God. That's all I have to say about that. Now, let's check this out. So, this girl, the fortune teller, cried out saying, these men are the servants of the most high God who proclaim to us the way of salvation. She is saying what they're saying. They're proclaiming God, the way of salvation through Jesus Christ. And this she did for many days. She's, but she's in their ears. She's following them, doing this all the time. But what happened? But Paul, verse 18, but Paul greatly annoyed and turned and said to the spirit, he's annoyed now. I done put up you for days. He turned to her, but he's turning to the spirit within her. The spirit of Satan can envelop and get into people. Alcohol, drugs, or even a mindset. The spirit of Satan can dwell there. The spirit of Satan can dwell there. And he says, I command you in the name of Jesus Christ to come out of her, and he came out of her that very hour. Okay? But when the master saw that their hope of profit was gone, they seized Paul and Silas and dragged them into the marketplace to the authorities. So, the people who were making money off of her fortune telling said, we ain't making no money no more. So they dragged Paul and Silas and took them to the marketplace. Okay? And they brought them to the magistrates, these men being Jews, and they said, they brought them to the judges, these men being Jews, exceedingly, exceedingly trouble our city. And they teach customs which are not lawful to us. They're teaching Jesus Christ. And we're not used to this stuff. We never heard about this stuff. And they're teaching this. And the customs that they're teaching are not lawful for us, being that we are Romans, to receive and to observe. Because we only observe the law of Moses. Verse 22. Check this out. Then the multitude rose up together against them. And the magistrates tore off their clothes and commanded them to be beaten with rods. The judges, the magistrates, and they beat Paul and Silas with rods. 23, and they had laid, and when they had laid many stripes on them, they threw them into the prison, commanding the jailer to keep them securely. Having received such a charge, 
he put them in the inner prison and fastened their feet in stocks. Check out what's going to happen. I want you to tune in next week. I have a word for you. What happens when you go to prison, when you're stuck in jail, what to do? Your jail don't have to be jail itself, but what do you do? Paul and Silas have been cast in the prison. Next week, we're going to see what happens with Paul and Silas as they are locked in prison, chained and bound. Amen? Amen. Once again, I am Reverend Lawrence Gray. Join us again next week, same time, same station. Tell your family, tell your friends, one and all, to come and be a part of us. And remember, only what you do for Christ will last. And my dears, if the Lord can't do it, it just can't be done. You see my book available for you at the online bookstore. No Sex in Heaven is available for you. It's a good read along with my five other books. God bless you. God keep you. Until we meet again, go with God. Join us next week as Reverend Gray continues his teaching on the book of Acts. You can hear all Reverend Gray's teaching on the book of Acts at gospelofthe90.com. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal record to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.